The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. You're very welcome back to The Hard Shoulder. Kieran Cuddy with you until seven o'clock. You may have seen this story: the growing number of young child-free men who are choosing to get a vasectomy. One clinic here reporting a tenfold increase in patients under the age of 35 in the last five years alone. Among them, Jonathan Baylog, who is on the line. Jonathan, you're very welcome to the show. When did you decide, how old were you, when you decided to have a vasectomy? Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, Let's see. You know, I've honestly been interested in this my entire conscious life. Like, I can remember when I was 12 years old, when I learned what a vasectomy was, thinking, this is definitely the way I'm going to go. It's just... uh, Parenthood is just not the way for me. So I started looking into it seriously when I turned 18, but I ended up hitting a bunch of different obstacles. Um, I was growing, I grew up in the U.S., by the way, and my family doctor refused to help me with this because he said, you know, you're too young to make a decision that's going to affect the rest of your life. And, you know, back then I was thinking, yeah, I'm like joining the military or taking out student loans, but okay. Sorry, how old were you then, the first consultation? I was... I was 18 at the time, and I came with a list of reasons for why I wanted to do this, because I was aware that this probably wasn't something that he heard every day. Mm. What what, what was the list, the top three things on the list? Oh, the top three things on the list, um, I think I can't remember, to be honest right now, because I'm 40, so we're going back uh, 22 years. But I think what it comes down to is that there's simply nothing about the parent lifestyle that is appealing to me. Um, It's nothing against parents. It's nothing against kids. It's just that I know that's not the kind of life I want to live. So my reasons for getting the vasectomy, though, were because, well, first of all, the um, to be completely honest and frank, it was about my own peace of mind to know that I would never cause an unwanted pregnancy. Now, I'm 100% pro-choice. In a parallel universe where I had gotten someone pregnant, then you know she and I would discuss what the, the next course of action would be, and if this imaginary person wanted to have an abortion, that I would simply be there for her. I would pay. I would you know support any way that I could. I would never pressure someone into that, but I would support that choice. Okay. But I just thought, since I know that I'd, I'm never going to want kids, let's make sure that that never even comes up. Let's just make sure that this is never something that we have to deal with. So, yeah, there's the altruist. I mean, there's the, um, the, the self-interest side. But also, just thinking about it from a more idealistic standpoint, as it currently stands, with most, most uh, methods of contraception, the onus is almost always on the person with the uterus. And when those methods fail, it's those individuals who are stuck with the physical consequences. And when you compare it to, let's say, tubal ligation. Now, tubal ligation is much more expensive than a vasectomy. It's invasive. It can be painful. There's more of a risk of something going wrong. And, you know, compare that with a vasectomy. It was relatively painless, didn't really cost that much, and, you know, um, was non-invasive. And, well, I just thought, since it's no skin off my nose, why not take down take on some of the responsibility here. Okay, so you've got your, your reasons clearly set out and you go in and what, you just get completely shot down by the first doctor? Well, the first doctor when I was 18, um, basically I laid my case out for him and he said, I appreciate you coming in, but you're too young to make a decision like this that will affect the rest of your life. 
And on one hand, I kind of see where the guy's coming from, but at the same time, I don't. Because at the age of 18, you're considered an adult. You can vote for the next leader of the nation. You can serve in the military. You can take out student loans. You know, you, um, you, you're basically independent. So yeah. they're, they're not permanent not decisions, decision though. I mean, if you were What's voting, they're, they're not permanent decisions, I guess people might say. You know, you can leave the military, you can repay your student loan. And unless there's a coup d'etat, well, the guy the you military, vote for is not going to become president for life. Well, I see what you're saying there, but with the military, you could easily be killed in battle or permanently disfigured. Yeah, so those point. are things that could affect the rest of your life. And also with student loans, I mean, with what's going on in the U.S. right now, I mean, people are being financially crippled for the rest of their lives because of these things. But yeah, to an extent, um, yeah, I see what, um, what where he was coming from. But this has always been something that kind of kind of got on my nerves when people talk about this, because people say, well, what if you change your mind? And what if you, you know, regret your decision? And I'm like, well, I don't think I will, but it's entirely, I guess it's entirely possible. It's also possible that someone could have kids and regret their decision later on. But in my case, the only person who has to deal with the consequences is me. And if somebody has kids and they regret it later, then it's a much more serious situation. Mm. Yeah, no, look, that there's, a, there's an undeniable logic to that. What, what some might suggest is, I, I guess, while you knew your own mind, what the doctor has to be conscious of is that not everyone will be as convinced as Jonathan is. You know, that you, you, you kind of have to hedge your bets. Yeah, fair enough. A few people might not get vasectomies who really should be getting them. They're absolutely, they know their own mind. They're not going to change it. But it's, it's such an irreversible decision that actually they have to allow for the few who come in and actually would change their mind. Does that make sense? As yeah, in, it it's, it's, sense. It's, it's the vasectomy version of, isn't it better that nine guilty men go free than one guilty man goes to prison? Okay, I, I definitely see where you're coming from there. And I guess something that you might be able to compare this to would be euthanasia. Now, I know these are two completely separate issues. But personally, I don't think that any doctor should be compelled to practice euthanasia if it's something that they personally object to. Mm. But at the same time, if they do, I think there should be other resources immediately available for the individual in question to go to. Because, no, I mean... Um, yeah, I don't think the doctors should be forced to do something yeah. if they have an, a serious issue. But if that is the case, there should be an immediate recourse. There should be an, an immediate follow-up where you yeah. can say, okay, go here and they'll be able to help you. So so the, the first doctor says no because of that. You're 18 years old. I mean, do, do, you, do you park it and just go off and live your life or does it kind of keep preying on your mind? What, what happens next? Well, it kept preying on my mind, but I think at that point I thought it's not going to happen anytime soon. So the next time I tried it was when I was 22, I think 21 or 22. I made an appointment in a clinic that was close to Baltimore City. And I actually had the, the secretary on the phone confirm that, you know, even though I was only 22, I was unmarried, I had no children, that yes, he would be willing to perform it. But then when I got there, the doctor said, I'm sorry, you've been misinformed. I couldn't possibly do this. You're too young. Um, you didn't have kids. I don't want to get involved in this. Okay, so you shut down twice. I mean, is the third time lucky? What happens next? Well, the thing is, each time that it happened, it was kind of a... I kind of had this idea that it's going to be a while okay. because if they're not willing now, then I'm going to have to wait a little bit longer. So that's why there was a gap between each attempt. 
After I graduated, I was living in Philadelphia, and I was, approach- I was approaching my mid-20s at this point. And while I figured it would be probably easier to get this done, there were huge gaps between the periods of time in which I had health insurance in the U.S. One of the options I looked into was Planned Parenthood, but they were going on a sliding scale, which um, for various reasons I wasn't eligible for because I was working in the service industry. Most of my income was fit-based, and so a lot of it was undeclared at the moment. Mm. So I couldn't exactly prove how much I was making, and therefore I wasn't eligible for the sliding scale. I think we actually got to a point where I was, but then the uh, the Planned Parenthood in the state decided they were no longer offering this service. Okay. So from that point, I guess I just kind of forgot about it. Now, after this, when I was 25, I I relocated to Rome, Italy, where I still am today. So my naturalization process took quite a bit of time. But when I finally became an official resident here with, um, you know, my permesso de soggiorno, that's your, you know, permission to stay, um, had an employer, had a contract for my housing and all this, I started looking into it again. Well, I made an appointment with a doctor who said that since this was an elective procedure, it couldn't be covered under the public health service and that I would have to pay out of pocket a couple thousand for it. And even then, after he said this, he was like, but really, why would you want to do this? You're, you're too young. And at this point, I was approaching my my, uh, late 20s, early 30s. So I thought, okay, Italy, it's just not going to happen. But at some point, I don't remember exactly how I got this idea, but the idea occurred to me to look into this in Ireland. And I don't know exactly what prompted this, but I think it was because this was before the referendum that led to the 36th Amendment. And... I was having a lot of conversations with my friends about Ireland's growing support for, you know, women's reproductive health rights. And I was thinking, maybe this could be a place I could look into. And coincidentally, a friend of mine happened to be planning his wedding in Ireland um, later that year. So I found a clinic in Dublin that was offering it. I contacted him, made sure that he understood I was, you know, single, early 30s didn't have any children. And he said, no, no, that's fine. And we agreed on the price. And I went to see him before the wedding. And that was it. Job done. Yeah, basically. I mean, it was a very simple procedure. I mean, I came into the office and he asked me some preliminary questions about my health, my health history. And then, you know, he had, he had made some respectful queries into my motives, why I wanted to do this. And once we were all clear, I mean, the actual process itself lasted less than half an hour. Totally painless and didn't uh, even have any bad effects the following days. Uh, you, could, you could hardly dance at the wedding, though, now, Jonathan, could you? I actually could, believe it or not. You see, that's what I was, not, I, I was uh, totally surprised about because I was thought, okay, I'm going to be sitting on a packet of ice during the wedding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, I don't want to gross out your viewers, but in most, it felt like I was carrying a, like a lead a lead ball between, <laughs> between my leg. <laughs> okay. So it was more like a, a heightened sense of gravity that I was aware of. But yeah, I was actually dancing at the wedding and um, that didn't slow me down. And no regrets ever since? None whatsoever. In fact, every Father's Day that passes, I just wish I could do it twice. <laughs> Jonathan, listen, fair play to you and thanks a million for sharing the story uh, with us. Uh, Jonathan Baylog, who, as he said there himself, uh, still based in Italy, got the chop here in Ireland, though, while attending a friend's wedding. Are you considering it? Have you done it? 
Hey, Jonathan, is it the best decision you've ever made? 53106. Jonathan, thank you again. Let's get the news headlines. Here's Eamon. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.